I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable podcast features real stories from real people of how they make modern dating work or not. Each episode will not only offer you a new perspective on dating, but will also change the way you date. I'm your host, Yue, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear commentary from my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. We want to talk about the gold standard. First, I want to define what the gold standard is, and then I will introduce our guest. The gold standard is like that first boyfriend or girlfriend you had you were madly in love with that nobody else can ever live up to. Maybe you had this gold (laughs) standard 20, maybe you were 12. It could could run the gamut. Maybe 40. Maybe 40. Or maybe you just haven't had it yet. Yeah. But the gold standard is someone who you really fell deeply in love with, or your definition of love, who made such an impression on you that no one else subsequently can really compare to that love, or at least that's how I define it. But we have Caroline here today, who is our guest, here to talk about her gold standard. Okay, let me just give you a little (laughs) intro of who she is. She's 35 years old. 
lived in San Francisco for five years, originally from DC, and she's uh, pretty single. You're here to talk about the gold standard, the first boyfriend who no one else can live up to. Let's start with, when did you guys meet? Uh, we met when I was about 25. Okay. So and 10 years ago. Yes. And how did you guys meet? Uh, we met at a happy hour that a mutual mm-hmm. friend invited me to, uh, who I found out actually also knew him. And I actually saw him across the room and I just knew I wanted to talk to him. So, so 10 years ago, you've been in San Francisco five years ago. What city was this in? Uh, this was in San Diego. Okay. So what was it about him that made you go over and want to talk to him? Um, I think he was just really physically attractive to me. Um, and he was tall, which for me, I'm pretty tall. So uh, I tend to scan the crowd. And if someone's meeting above my eye level, that's a good thing. Um, so I saw him. He looked really, really cool and interesting. And I wanted to meet him. And then how did you meet him? Well, I was with a friend uh-huh. uh, who was a guy who probably wanted to ask me out. But instead, I go, who's that guy over there? Please introduce oh, me. Wow. <laughs> he was nice enough to do it. So that's how we met. Okay. So then I guess how long did your relationship last? What was all um, of that it like? It didn't last a long time, but that doesn't mean I didn't feel a lot out of it. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so we met, I think it was about May okay. of that year. And we dated... For about three months, and then it was on and off for the next, like, six months. And then I actually ended up moving for a job. So um, at that point, we decided to be friends. Uh Uh-huh. So uh, pretty, um, I guess, consistently for three months, and then another six months that's kind of sporadically. Yes. So Okay. But you're right. I mean, it really doesn't take long to fall for someone. Exactly. So what was this love like? I think for me, the thing I keep thinking about is one of our first dates, and we, it was one of those dates where it wasn't totally planned and we had decided to go see a play but we had some extra time before the play and after the play so we were just driving around in San Diego getting food hanging out at the beach Um, and for me like one moment that I always think about and sort of define this like gold standard Mm -hmm. um, was the first time we kissed Mm -hmm. so that happened that that night he broke into a friend's apartment complex that had a pool and a hot tub Uh, so you know in San Diego you got your bathing suit in the back of the car for emergency situations such as this so we break into this complex and go from the pool to the hot tub actually no we started in the hot tub and then we went into the pool so some spontaneity right here Yes. And then so, you got arrested. And then almost. <laughs> I think the weird part of it was, so so we jumped from the hot tub into the pool and we kissed. Mm. And at that moment, the world started to spin mm. for both of us. And I thought I was going to pass out or vomit <laughs> or go under. And I go, oh my gosh, the world is spinning. And he's like, I feel sick. And he's like, wait, I've seen this in movies. It's look, the kiss that made your head spin. And oh, it was probably wow. one of the coolest moments ever. Could have been from the temperature change, but we chalked it up to the kiss that made your head spin. And nobody drowned that So night. I guess just what else was it about him? Like, what was it about your connection that made him so memorable? I think it was the first time I spent a whole day with someone and didn't get sick of them. Mm. Um, we just had a lot to talk about. I remember we went to the play and I wanted to hold hands with him, but I didn't because I was scared. But just this desire for like, I really like this person and we haven't known each other a ton, but I just feel like I, I want to get to know him and I want to know more. Kind of that first day, that first kiss, and he had made a comment to me that he sort of hadn't ever felt as close to anyone as he mm. did that night. I always enjoy a verbal affirmation of what I'm feeling, so that was nice to hear. Nice. What do you think was the ultimate end of this relationship? I know he moved away, but what about right. before that? She or you away. moved away. I ended up moving. So I think 
Um, for me, I almost wanted more oftentimes from mm. him. And he was pretty interesting figuring out his next career move, um, liked to do a lot of stuff on his own. Was he also 25? He was one year older than okay, me, but so around the quite same. close in age. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what ended up happening is he ended up meeting someone else that he liked better than me. Oh. Um, whereas I felt a lot of love for him, I think on his side was more like. And mm. uh, one of his guy friends told me that he always really liked me. But when he met this other woman, he just fell really hard for her. So oh. within the time that you guys were dating, did he meet This her? is once we were on and off. Oh, um, okay. And he kind of knew I was moving, but... It was sort of like all the feelings I think I felt for him. He ended up feeling for someone Someone else. So what made it end the first time, like after the consistent three months? Um, He was just a little bit aloof. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had gone to a conference. So when I came back from the conference, we met up and and we're talking. And, um, you know, he, he actually said to me, I'm not treating you right. You deserve more. Wow. I think we should take a step back. Um, which is, of course, not what I wanted to hear. And I thought, no, I'll win him over. Let's just keep tumultuously dating. And it's fine. We've all done that. That does not work. What's interesting about this is that, okay, now we're redefining what the gold standard is. It's not so much the gold standard of how he treated you, but the gold standard of how how you felt. Felt. Yes. Okay, so let's redefine that. So we know the baseline for but what we're talking still about. That no one can live up to. That definition yes. you gave is still true because it's your perception. And yes. before you met him, had you ever been in love before or felt this deeply for someone before? I had felt connections with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I had dated a little bit in college and graduate school, but I hadn't really had, I think, such an intense connection. Mm-hmm. Um, or I hadn't had someone verbally affirm that what I was feeling was also what they were feeling. So oh. it felt mutual at first. And gotcha. then I was really sad to kind of see that dwindle when, for me, it was still there. Gotcha. Did you guys say, I love you? We did not say, I love you. Oh, okay. But did you feel it? I did. Okay. Yeah, but I didn't want to go there in case he wasn't there. Was there ever a time that you wanted to say it and you didn't? Probably, but I think because I started noticing some signs that he was pulling away a little bit, mm. I was afraid to kind of go out there because I was just worried what the response would be. Got it. So 10 years later, you're yeah. you're still thinking about him. <laughs> oh, this is bad. <laughs> What's the situation? Are you guys still in contact? He is married. To okay. the woman that he met after me. Oh, really? Okay. Feelings for and so you fluffed him up for yes, her. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have been together for several years, and I actually had seen them together like probably nine years ago at a mutual friend's house. I had been visiting, okay. and I saw how different he was with her. He was really into it. He was very loving. He was very uh, domesticated, which was very different than how I knew him. Mm. He used to like drink and go out a lot, but he was very. They they brought a pie to this event that we were at, and I was like, wow. you make. Pies? What is this? <laughs> so that was that was interesting. Um, and then I actually also saw him this past year after not seeing or hearing from him in in a while. We had kind of had the occasional email, but I uh, ended up visiting him. Um, he lives in a different state now, and I was there on vacation, so we met up and I spent some time with him. So how have you guys stayed in contact during that? Like, is it through Facebook or like how have? So the that? weird thing is, he doesn't have Facebook or Instagram. Okay, which I'm not sure if that's good or bad because I don't know if I should be. I think that's a Caroline, that's a good thing. (laughs) It's probably best that I don't see everything. But uh, mostly via email. Um, So we had reached out. I had asked him about some travel plans once um, because he had lived in the country I was visiting. And Mm. then 
Um, we had a mutual friend, had some news, so we kind of shared that. And then when I went out to, where I ended up visiting him, I actually just kind of emailed him and said I was going to be around and was curious if he wanted to meet and he was favorable to the idea. And you were oh, there just so. for like personal or work? Yes, I was there for, for, for fun. <laughs> no, but I was like, well, like two hours away, I rented a car. Like Got I, I seem to have this fun idea of just uh, let's just figure things out and understand what happened and how people are. So, so when you saw him, yeah. did, did those old feelings come back? I was definitely still attracted to him. Okay. Um, for sure. He definitely looked like he hadn't aged very much in 10 years. Damn. Yeah. I know he was still attractive. Um, he still looked cool. He he actually we met at a bar, so I was sitting at the bar, and he kind of came in and saw me from behind. And then we we chatted. He bought me a drink, and yeah, I mean, I think that sort of like witty repartee was like mm. still there. We were chatting. Um, it was a lot of fun, and we ended up kind of spending several hours together. And then his wife came and met us for a drink. Wow. So, so question for you, I guess, how did you figure out he was married in the first place? Did he tell you? Like, how did that go down? Um. So. What happened was um, after I'd moved away, um, we still had mutual friends. Oh, okay. And so I knew that he had met someone. I didn't know what her name was. And that time I came back to visit the mutual friend, um, they had invited him and her over. Mm. So that was the first time I met her. And then we also had coffee that that same um, time. And I actually asked him some questions. I guess I was pretty bold. And he told me he was very serious about her. And, you know, I kind of thought something might happen. Got it. What was it like so. meeting the wife? <laughs> you know, yeah. That's, that's always talking about a gold standard or whatever standard. I always feel like in this situation, I'm almost underwhelmed in a sense. Because mm-hmm. I tend to think, oh, well, they dumped me. They must be with someone like way awesome. And you're like, oh, she looks like someone I'd be friends with. Or yeah, she's, like she's normal. Kind yeah. of normal. And it's like, oh, okay. Like kind of looked a bit similar to to me and you know she had more advanced degrees than me and um you know had some other traits that were different but I kind of thought oh she's someone I might be friends with yeah Mm -hmm. so did he ever know like your how deep your feelings were to him I think he probably knew um I didn't necessarily articulate it but once I knew I was going to move for work um we did meet up and you know he he essentially didn't think he could give me what I wanted and Mm -hmm. he kept saying you deserve more and you know um some of my friends had thought that he kind of wasn't seeing me enough and wasn't showing up to some of my work functions with me so even when he was aloof yeah still had these strong feelings for him it's do you weird. think it's because he was aloof i mean that could be part of it right if you have that longing and then you're yeah. getting like the breadcrumbs and you're like oh yay 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 yeah but i think it just was like sometimes i think you meet people and for you they just work and yeah. i think he was one of those people that could have worked for me if he had felt similarly and the weird thing was when i met him later after he had met the woman who was to be his wife he told me that he just couldn't get enough of her and he was mm. like following her and he was like waiting for her at the coffee shop that she always went to and it was all those like psycho behaviors that I kind of did with him I was like oh man you're doing like now and I was like well that must be real for him then because that's how I felt kind of it's an interesting thing like when you feel that way and someone does it and then they do it to someone else right and and like you said she's not some unicorn she's just a normal person who he's just deeply connected to yes and you you can't explain that that's just chemistry exactly it was that undeniable chemistry Uh, had you guys like had like defining the relationship conversation or was it just kind of like so like it felt 
natural that you were exclusive? Like what was that status in the three months? Yeah, it, we didn't have the conversation, um, but it was just sort of like, you know, it was, we both hadn't dated much in mm. the past. So it was sort of just a new kind of fun experience for both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we didn't really term anything. I mean, our friends would see us together, but he was a very attractive man. So um, a lot of, you know, people would hit on him or, yeah. you know. So if you could redo that relationship again, what would you do differently? Ooh, that's a great question. Mm. Uh, I totally <laughs> thought about that. <laughs> I think what I've learned over the years is that I almost thought before that if I was maybe less opinionated and just more open to things, I would be more desirable to someone because mm. I wouldn't, I'd be easy to get along with. Like I could just be open to things. I'd be like, mm-hmm, whatever. Like I don't have very strong opinions. But I think now the older I get, the more I'm like, I think the strong opinions make me interesting mm-hmm. and make me seem serious and make me seem like I know what I want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I could do it again, I don't think I would take any crap from him. Like mm. after he stood me up once, I would be like, yeah. what is this? Like yeah. unacceptable. And like, yeah. you know, you better take me out to dinner and apologize instead of just saying, oh, it's okay. We'll meet next time. You know, like yeah. I think I just stand up for myself a little bit more mm-hmm. and I probably would articulate my feelings. Like I kind of have no shame anymore. Like I would just say, <laughs> you know, I really like yeah. you and I think we should date. And, yeah. you know, if he said no, I'd have to say, okay. But I think it was almost like I liked him so much that I didn't want to do anything to right. ruin it if yeah. he was maybe on one the more day with him yes. would be better than trying to, you know, define this and not now. not want to rock a, the boat. Like in here, yeah. if, especially if you're already kind of feeling like he's not giving you enough. Like yes. you don't want to make it that he comes out and says it because it could potentially end the whole thing. Totally. But interestingly enough, people would say that's also an indicator of a bad relationship. Yes. It's when you feel like you're walking on eggshells, you can't rock the boat, you can't bring up conversations because you're so afraid of losing Absolutely. So I guess fast forward 10 years, what's your dating life been like? (laughs) And how do you think this has impacted it? Uh, That's such a great question. Um, I would say my dating life is, well, I'm kind of on a hiatus right now. I would say over the years, um, a lot of people I've met, I tend to go back to him, this guy in San Diego, because when I felt so intensely about him and when he, what he described feeling for his wife and how he would like, you know, go to the places she liked and he would really just kind of, it was just sort of like he had to be there. He wanted to be around her. Mm. Um, That was a feeling that I thought I needed to feel in order to know this relationship was right. So there was this like level of intensity that I felt like I needed to have to Mm. know I was interested in someone. So you said like, okay, this person doesn't make me feel the way he did. This must not be the right fit. Right. And then discounted people. Right. And do you still feel that way? I think now since it's been a long time and I've dated several people since then, um, it gets kind of less and less. But I think like that, what I described about one of our early dates and that kiss that made kind of the world spin, you know, those moments... I, I don't forget. Mm-hmm. And maybe they become rosier over time. You know, you forget yep. the bad, remember the good. And yep. for some reason, like those movie star moments, I would say kind of still stick out at me. Mm-hmm. Um, of course. And I'll yep. still kind of compare. And I don't seem to have that level of romance like anymore. Mm. Um, just in the dates I've had so far. Has there been like anyone serious in this time that's maybe they didn't mm. live up to the feeling, but you gave it more of a chance? I mean, I think I've definitely been in more adult relationships where Mm -hmm. we've defined things, we've had the talk, you know, things have moved further along. Um, And those have been good, but, you know, I still think those relationships didn't work out. I'm I'm currently single, so Mm -hmm. those relationships didn't necessarily work out. 
And in a way that makes me wonder if, you know, do I wait for that intensity of feeling? Do I go for someone I can more rationally kind of get somewhere with? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I've tried both and and (laughs) Jerry's still out. (laughs) Do you think they didn't work out because you didn't feel like what you felt for him? Do you think that was the reason? Or I think a lot of the people I have dated since then, um, it was more of a mismatch of goals Mm -hmm. um, where I tended to kind of want more of that traditional family Mm -hmm. and they seemed more into like just uh, weren't ready for that or weren't sure about kids or it definitely seemed like we broke up over more. So not just because of him. Yes. Okay. Yes. So we did a poll on our Instagram, oh, yeah. and the question was, do you think chemistry needs to be there from the beginning, or can it be developed over time? Basically, it was an even result, 40, 60, or something like that. But it really depends on if someone's had one or the other before, yes. right? Yeah. That becomes your baseline. If you've had that intense chemistry mm-hmm. in the beginning, then you look for it next time. You feel like that has to be there. And for those Some people, believe it or not, haven't experienced that. So they Hmm. believe chemistry can can be developed over time. Interesting. What's your take on that now? So I felt like it was love at first sight with him. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think I believe in love at first sight. And, you know, I've actually had it happen a few other times since then. Um, You know, one time it was someone at work who was not single. So obviously I didn't act on it. But I knew those feelings could come back. And, you know, for someone in the right situation, it could happen again. Mm. That was um, nice. I think with chemistry growing over time, maybe it depends on how long the time is. Mm. Uh, I recently saw a friend I hadn't seen in a long time who kind of underwent some um, drastic health changes and had like really gotten into shape. And I was like, oh, like I wouldn't yeah. have considered you before, but like, oh, interesting. And we know we've known each other for a long time. Yeah. Um, but I, I tend to think friendship for me develops over time. If it's not yeah. a love connection yeah. initially, it's like friend zoned. Do you think having this gold standard has helped your dating life in any way? Interesting. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I guess I feel like it's been maybe a little detrimental as not giving people a chance okay. um, who I don't feel super excited about initially. Yeah. But I also think it's like I know what I want and I have a type and I'm not afraid to tell people that when they offer to set me up. I have no shame showing someone this guy's photo or <laughs> that guy in the street looks like my ex who I meant to him. <laughs> or there's like certain qualities, you know, that I think are appealing to me um, where someone's from or um, sort of their, their level of verbalness. Like mm-hmm. I, I really like a guy who can chat it up and can hold himself socially. Um, mm-hmm. And this guy was very good at that. Caroline, I'm struggling here because the only redeeming factors about this person is that he's hot. That's what I keep hearing. He's <laughs> and he's very spontaneous and he made you feel good. But yeah, in the first and foremost, he's hot. If he wasn't hot, these spontaneous <laughs> moments would be creepy. So let's just get that out of the way. This is true. I have to very be physically into him. You have to be physically into him. So yes. what else was it about this guy that made you feel feel so connected to him. What are some of the ways his personality really attracted you? Totally. I feel like this makes me sound very shallow, but no, there were, there were things (laughs) below the surface. Um, he was really charming. He had a lot of wit and just the way we could talk together Mm -hmm. and we could just shoot it back. And it's rare that I find someone I talk very quickly. You know, we just kind of had this banter. And even when I saw him last year, after a really long time, it was just like back and forth Mm -hmm. and you're just kind of in step with each other. The other thing about him, I think, that 
and, and funny enough, I took this away from the relationship, is he always had this idea of luck in the world. And he saw like people mm. and things as being good. Mm-hmm. And I came from more of a, grew up in more of a pessimistic household mm. uh, where I was more afraid of the world mm. and afraid of things. So one kind of funny story to kind of uh, explain this is when I first moved to San Diego, I was very afraid about walking barefoot um, on places other than the beach because I thought you could step on something or whatever, <laughs> get tetanus and die. <laughs> Classic, my mom, don't do that. It's bad. Yeah. And he was very much like, oh, no, I walk barefoot all the time. You know, I surf, I'm in the ocean. So we went on a date to the um, zoo and he decided to walk barefoot Mm. the entire time just to prove to me that, hey, you know, I'm not going to get sick and live a little. That was sort of a turning point for me in changing my outlook on the world. Yeah. That's lasting. So I have to say this because I did a lot of research on this first love kind of psychology behind it. And all these articles and studies point to the fact that this gold standard is like cocaine. All right. Mm -hmm. In a way that you're addicted to the way it makes you feel. Yes. But it actually has no benefits to you. So when you're describing this person, it's a way they carry themselves that is completely isolated from you that you're attracted to. Someone who pushes you out of your comfort zone. Someone who shows you something different or a new way of thinking about things. But it's actually in no relation to you. They're just being themselves. Yeah. That's how coke is. That's how drugs are. Drugs yeah. are just the way they That's are. Interesting. And then you just mm-hmm. latch on to the drugs because of the way they make you feel. But the drugs aren't there to provide for you. Yeah. So these studies say you're so latched onto your first love. It Just like the way you think about skydiving too. It's the first time you dove into something Mm. and it's so Mm. memorable. It's embedded into your memory. And so having that as a gold standard, you'll never find that again because you'll never experience it for the first time again. I totally agree with everything you just said, but I think the part that I'm questioning is the benefit to you portion Mm -hmm. because I think that the first person does actually provide a benefit. And this is where I struggle is, was it the person or was it because like you got this taste Mm -hmm. of like what a relationship was like Mm. because you said this was like your first like real time actually dating someone and I've been there before too and it's like you've had tastes of it before but never like someone to that level so you get used to it and you really start to like enjoy having someone around and have and enjoy someone like to be affectionate with and make you feel well and like have sex regularly and like (laughs) All this stuff. So I think there is a benefit to you. I guess the question is, is it because it's the first experience or is it really the person? I want to make this very clear. There's a clear difference here. One is benefits you extract from the person and two is the benefits they're providing for you. Yeah. So again, that that example with Coke, you're extracting the benefits Mm -hmm. from Coke without Coke giving them to you. That's true. So when you're extracting companionship, sex, activity partner, actually independent of that person, you're extracting those benefits but someone who is there to treat you well is someone who provides those benefits to you have you experienced someone who treats you so well that you thought oh my gosh this person makes me feel so loved and secure and so so supported yeah I mean I would say probably not not yet um, mm. I, I've definitely dated people who have been more right. of that provider, but I don't know. I mean, I think that's ultimately what I'm now looking for. But I think that's interesting because we did another poll on Instagram. I love Instagram. <laughs> we did another poll. What was it like, would you rather have like a series of really intense connections mm. or one long, stable, drawn out, drawn out, but like, mm. like very uneventful. Yeah. Like, 
yeah. complacent, complacent, and people mm. were 50 50 50 50 and it was basically like a lot of it had to do with their experience before yeah. in the in a different way than what you said on the last survey yeah poll mm-hmm. was if they had that complacent relationship they wanted the opposite and vice versa yeah interesting that was interesting i think the other point because i've been here as well i totally get what you're saying i think sometimes you tend to put someone on a pedestal especially yeah. The more time that goes on, like you forget about the bad qualities Um, Mm -hmm. and like only remember the good qualities. And then it makes it really hard for someone new to live up to it because they have both and you're only comparing good qualities. It's so true. And I think too, the age that I met him, you know, yeah. And he, you know, the the thing of him walking barefoot and making me realize like, oh my gosh, I should, you know, loosen up. And, you know, I think it was just maybe the age when I was sort of on my own, living on my own and doing my own things that like it helped me become who I am today. Yeah. I was probably just open to things at that point. Well, that's what they say about like what is like a soulmate connection is here to teach you something about yourself and then move on. That's not like your life partner. That's so sad. (laughs) That's what they say, like a true definition of a soulmate. Yeah, it's true. Interesting. It's someone that shakes up your soul and your core and how you view things but not necessarily the person that's going to be that stable lifelong totally and that's it just goes with timing this other article says a lot of these feelings happen during major life events or transitions Mm -hmm. so like your quarter life crisis when you're 25 you're like I don't know what I'm doing with my life (laughs) I don't know if I want to stay here but I have this person here to show me something different to help me transform and that's why so many people fall in love like when they're in their adult lessons you know they're going through major life experiences I do wonder about this because I'm always like the next man I fall in love with he probably will never love me as much as he did his first love Mm. I always think about that and some people would argue with me they're like no it's a different kind of love yeah Yeah. but I just remember I can honestly say right now I will never love someone the way I love my first I probably won't either because it was stupid love you just fell. You didn't care about the fear and the rejection. Now we're equipped with all these tools and and defense mechanisms and all this past experience. I can never love someone wholeheartedly the way I stupidly love my first love. I think it depends on when you met that first love, right? Like if you met Mm -hmm. them when you were 12 or like 15, (laughs) the level of love you would have for someone is just different. Like you are a child basically. Yeah, Yeah. So like there were definitely people in my life that I like really liked but I didn't like meet the person that I was like in love with until like into my late 20s yeah in theory you could say oh your first person but it wasn't I guess it depends how you define first love was that your first boyfriend or was it your first like soul shaking like this I, person means everything to me and it's probably different for everyone it's probably it's different for everyone you probably go through different iterations of what love is my first love was my first boyfriend we were in high school we were 16 I lost my virginity to him we did everything together and this is a guy I poured my heart and soul right to and then my second like real love was a three month stint that made me fearful because I didn't want to lose him he was he was someone I had never dated before and he made me feel alive again but he probably didn't feel the same way about me but that was a a second memorable love so what's the third what's the third iteration guys so you have like the maybe that's your husband (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe hopefully maybe the third love is Is that real love is that real love well I don't think real is the right word because I think all three 
they're all real. real. I agree. They're I different agree. real. I think one is like the first awakening. The second one is like the way it shakes you. And then mm-hmm. this third person is maybe the stable one. So maybe yeah. should we be realistic that this long lasting love that we're talking about won't be as soul shaking? Maybe. There's two extremes, right? There's one like, oh, I met this person. I'm actually not very physically attracted to them. I don't find them super interesting, but let me, I had a good enough time. Let me see if it grows. Yeah. And then there is like someone that you're like, wow, I actually had a really great time with them. I find them attractive. Maybe it's not like the extreme that you felt that it was love at first sight, but I think there is ranges. I don't think it's like a polar opposite on that scale. I don't know. I think the times I've met someone that I was like, holy cow, I'm so attracted to this person. We had such a good time. That's when I start getting in my own head. And that's when I fuck it up because I'm afraid of saying the wrong things. I'm being insecure. (laughs) I'm checking my phone every five minutes yeah but the times that i met someone and said this is an awesome person we definitely clicked it wasn't like whoa but it was still good enough that's when i felt most and most you didn't secure. throw yourself out so maybe it's good, good enough exactly. maybe like that is what it is but that's is that not... what they would call settling i don't know <laughs> actually had been thinking about that on <laughs> the way right here more what what is yeah i read this actually somewhere i'm like blanking on where it was <laughs> it was settling if you think it's settling yeah, that's true. Like, if you don't think it's settling, then it's not settling. Yeah, is it a mindset? What What were your thoughts on settling? Well, I was thinking about it in terms of, is settling when you've had enough of a random sampling of what's out yeah. there and you've yeah. decided to take the average based on what I know and what I want? And yeah. is settling a bad thing, right? Why is there you such a say... negative connotation to it? Settling is yeah. when you're ready to settle. <laughs> yeah, like settle down. Yeah. That makes it sound less bad. Stabling. Than just... But <laughs> settling gets a bad rap. It, gets it makes a, it... Yeah. Yeah. feel like you are going under what you think you deserve. Yeah. You're going you're reaching down as opposed to reaching up. So I guess the question that remains for me and I think it's not just you, Caroline. It's probably all of us. Like, why do we put these people on a gold standard that didn't work out yeah. in the first place? A pedestal. Right. Yeah. Right. Hey, how about we take a quick break so I can tell you about our sponsor, Hourglass Cosmetics. I used to think luxury beauty brands were just about the branding. It was more of an indulgence than anything else. But then I discovered Hourglass Cosmetics and realized it's extraordinary performance and innovation. I love that Hourglass is 100% cruelty-free, it's vegan, and it really works, all wrapped up in beautiful, luxurious packaging. My first introduction was the Caution Mascara, after reading that Allure magazine called it a lash lift in a tube. Its advanced vegan formula never fakes or smudges, even after wearing it all day. The tapered brush delivers endless length, intense volume, and lift. It's a game changer. Discover Hourglass like I did and experience unparalleled next-generation performance by visiting hourglasscosmetics.com slash datable and use the promo code datable to get free shipping with your purchase of a full-size caution mascara. That's Hourglass spelled H-O-U-R-G-L-A-S-S cosmetics.com slash datable with the promo code datable spelled D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E. Now back to the show. Like, why do we put these people on a gold standard that didn't work out yeah. in the first place? A pedestal. Right. Yeah. Right. Because it's sort of like the outcome of that relationship was bad. Bad. Right. But why and he didn't right. even treat you that, that well. Right. Standard. Especially when you know that you weren't treated well. Right. That's exactly. like another whole side of it. Yeah. He point yeah. blank told me that. Right. Right. And like, so- why has he remained this high level in your mind? 
I mean, I can only I can only assume it's because the intensity of my own feelings. So yeah. it's an internal gauge for me mm-hmm. to know when I'm excited about someone. We had a sort of chemistry or a yep. connection. And I feel like for me, when I haven't had that in a long time, it's sort of a nice memory to think back on. Oh, well, that was nice, you know, when I was young and that right. happened. I don't know. I, I guess because it was so, I think of it so fondly, like I would just love to have that happen again. And mm-hmm. I think because I've seen other people people that I'm interested in, in that mm-hmm. level of intensity, at least initially. Yep. I think that person's out there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't seemed to have met them recently, but in a way it gives me hope. Yeah. So but how do you think them? you'll actually meet this person if you have this other person Yeah, if you're there. going around showing people yeah. your ex-boyfriend's photo <laughs> as the gold standard. How are you ever going to move like on I from this? In theory, like, you want to recreate what you have with him, but the reality is you'll never recreate it exactly. Right? Yes. Because it's a different person. Yes. And hopefully the ending will be different and better. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so how do you move forward? Um, I think that's maybe why I'm on a dating hiatus right now. <laughs> thinking through. You're like, I don't know. <laughs> Where it's all gone wrong and, and right you know, over the past several years. And I think what I can say is now I, have, uh, I know what I want. Mm-hmm. And I have a very clear outcome I'm looking for. And I used to, as I was with him stepping on eggshells, afraid to really say what I wanted. Mm. Now I'm just like, look, I want to have kids mm-hmm. and I would like to get married. I'm just telling people this because... Uh, I mean, you know, not like the first five minutes, but <laughs> it's sort of like I think things that I know that I want, I'm just going to be more open about it. Yeah. So that's not a reason later that we break up or. Yeah. And, and I think like looking for that level of just initial spark to me is still, mm-hmm. I, I think I'm 50-50. I mean, I, I think it does exist and that will indicate to me someone that I might be more likely to get along yeah. well with. But I'm also giving other people a chance that I don't have that kind of love at first sight with. Mm-hmm. Um, but where we have a great connection, you know, on a first date or we meet at an event and, you know, I'd like to see them mm-hmm. again. Um, so I think for me, it just led to, hey, there's actually two paths here and I'm kind of open to both of them because I don't know which one's going to give me the outcome I want. That's a good way to put it. I think that's fair. I mean, you hear from couples who've been married for a long time and they would say the spark comes and goes. It's not like something that just dies down. My friend was like, oh my God, the other day I looked at my husband and he took my breath away. They've been married for 10 years (laughs) because sometimes you just get it back and then sometimes it it, it fades. I would argue though, I feel like it needs, if it's not there in the very initial stage I think it can grow over time I've definitely had situations where the first time I met someone there was no spark and it grew through friendship but I think if it doesn't ever get to a point where there is a spark, like in a reasonable amount of time, then that's not a great situation. What do you think either? is a reasonable amount oh, of time? A reasonable I think amount of time It's interesting because it's like, I, I'm probably more like you, Caroline. Like I'm very much like I meet people. This is not just romantic. This is like friends co-workers anyone like I either like you or I don't like you <laughs> yeah. I'm very like instant I think I can count on my hands the amount of times that relationships again not just romantic platonic too have changed dramatically for me yeah. so I feel like all the great relationships I've had romantically have been people that I've had a relatively fast mm-hmm. interest however I did have one that was a friend that I had zero interest but then once it became I don't know what that switch point was, to be completely honest, yeah. but like once it felt that way, I felt it. It wasn't like, oh, let me try. And all the people in my life that I've really tried with, because I've also been like, is this a bad path? Should I go down and go for these people that I'm not interested in? 
and I've tried for like months to be like, am I into this right, person? Right. And it just never gets there. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know what number is and days. Because but... I feel like I did date someone who was stable and all my friends loved him and he mm-hmm. was, they thought he was a great match for me. But what happened was I met, during the time we were dating, I met someone that I sparked with. Mm. Really sparked with. And I, I had sparked with him initially, but then yeah. as the spark was dwindling with him, mm. I sparked really hard with another guy that I met at a networking event. Wow. And it was because I knew what that level of spark was for me that could mean something. Right. That then took away from the initial relationship of maybe, like, I need some level to be there or else I think, what am I doing? Am I just going to move to someone Right. Else? Well, the thing is, you can't force anything. Yeah. Right. So if you're dating someone and you're just waiting for that spark to show up, you definitely then can. you need to get the fuck out yeah. of that It's not fair to That's anyone not fair that to anyone. No. I so think it happens force soon. a I have, spark. Yeah. But it is good to keep an open mind and say, maybe you're like not really dating this person, but to get to know them on a friendship level, not waiting for a spark to happen, but just seeing where things go. Right. I think that's the, that's the key point. Like if you're waiting, it's not going to happen. The problem is, and I often think that this is a curse for those of you who've sparked with people, right? Because I have friends who've never sparked with anybody. And I'm like, it's actually kind of, <laughs> kind of a blessing. People. It's I kind know. of a blessing for them because they're kind of like, I don't know what that feels like. So yeah. It's all equal. But for those of us who felt the spark, it's like such a curse because we're constantly looking for it. Yes. It is that cocaine. And it doesn't happen that often either. And it doesn't. That's no. the part so when it does, it. Yes. you're like, whoa. Like, I gotta go try this. I gotta when go you're try like this. willing yeah. to bend over backwards. You're willing yes. to like be more cautious about losing it because it doesn't happen that often. Yeah. Yeah. And if you gave people maybe where there wasn't as much of a spark, more of a chance, you'd feel like you have more options maybe. Yeah. It goes back to listening to your own intuition and saying, am I forcing this thing to happen or am I just letting this thing naturally flow? Being open-minded, but also knowing what your baseline is. Like if you're thinking about that gold standard, like Caroline's, Focus more on the ending of that gold standard as opposed to the beginning and say, okay, I don't want a repeat of that. Right. right. I just want the feelings, but I don't want a repeat of that again. And maybe this is a good segue to takeaways, but Mm. I think there is the ability to separate the person and how you felt. I mean, I think... Regardless, like you obviously like cared for this person and loved this yeah. person in yeah. many situations. So I'm not saying like, oh, just like pretend like they mm-hmm. meant nothing. I'm not saying that. But like if you can separate like, yeah, I love this person. But what I really, really loved that I want to find again is these feelings, not necessarily mm-hmm. like I need to replicate this exact person yeah. because you're never going to replicate that person. No. Takeaway for me is to focus on how someone makes you feel by their actions versus mm-hmm. the qualities that you find so admirable. I mean, those are important too. But when we start making our list of qualities we want in our future partner, it should always be how they make you feel. I want to yep. feel secure. I want to feel loved. I want to feel supported. I want to I want to feel these feelings. And those can only be done through their actions for you specifically. Like you said with your gold standard, he was so obsessed with his now wife that he would stake out 
places where she was because he couldn't get enough of her. That's how I want my partner to feel about me. Yeah. yeah. And we all should feel that way. And that has nothing to do with how hot he was mm-hmm. or how interesting and witty and he and all that. Yeah. Because end of the day, someone who's hot and witty can get anybody. Yeah, right. Okay. Sure. So <laughs> everybody will point those factors out as like very interesting yeah. characters. I think to piggyback off of that, I think it's great to have these people that are just wonderful, right? Because mm-hmm. you know that one, they exist. Yeah. Two, nice like, you reminder. know certain qualities of, like, how great you felt and what it was about them. But I also think we need to take them off pedestals and yes. just accept yeah. that, like, they are a person, too. Mm-hmm. And they had a place in our life. And I'm saying this is, like, way easier said than done. <laughs> and I think it takes a lot of time to get there because I think... The more we hold on to them as this like gold standard, this person above everyone, you're just not going to meet someone else. I experienced this with my ex and it took like two years to like fully get over him. Mm -hmm. And I could not meet anyone else in that time Mm -hmm. because I was so like invested, even though we weren't together. Yeah. And it just like there was no chance that anyone would have come close. Mm -hmm. And I think the second that I actually like, like mentally was like, I'm over this. Mm -hmm. That's when I actually met someone, which Mm -hmm. is like the crazy part of it. Yeah. Our memories are very selective. I learned this when I was dating a lot in New York, I kept a journal of everyone I dated. So what I would do is I would write down after each date, how the date went as if I was telling a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. So highlights. Okay. All the great qualities, kind of like selling him to my girlfriend. And then on a weekly basis, I would have a sit down and say, this is a get real session. And I would write down every memory that I didn't want to remember about the person. Mm. So like every little annoying thing they did or something they said to me that bothered me. When you look back on the get real section, then you're like, damn, my memory is so selective. I totally forgot this happened. And you have to do it in the moment because if you do it too late, you then won't you, remember you it. you won't remember. Yeah, exactly. And there were moments where I was like so obsessed with this guy and it went in those get real journal entries, I read them and I'm like, oh my God, how could I ever fall for this guy? Because yeah. he was such a... Or like there's red flags. Oh yeah, so like many red adult, flags. Like I will say, like, like I never did it to the level of like what they said and what they did, but I definitely did like a journaling exercise of like, what great qualities mm. did my ex have? And then what qualities were something I just could not stand. Right. And like that I don't want in a future partner because yeah. I yeah. think you won't compare the next person identically. Like you'll be like, yeah, they have a a lot of shared qualities with mm-hmm. this person. However, they have some differences. We put the gold standard on this pedestal and we keep thinking that we're like the reacher in this in this yeah. uh, imaginary mm-hmm. relationship. We're mm-hmm. reaching for this person on a pedestal. And my mom always reminds me of this. She's like, imagine if we always talk about my, my gold standard. She's like, remember what he, your relationship with him, how insecure you were, how tumultuous yeah. it was. Imagine if you were actually married to him. Would he still be on a pedestal? Exactly. And so she's always like, let's reality check here, okay? Mm-hmm. If you were married to him today... In 2019, what would that relationship be like? That is a great yeah. way to think about it. Because I think this is another point. It's not always the length of a relationship. No. It can be this short, like intense burst. Yes. And in that, especially when those ones happen, you don't see this like long 10 year plan. No. 20 years mm-hmm. like life together. Like no. you see three great months. Like you don't see yeah. all of the up you and downs. You don't see and the how future. It t- 
Right. Yeah. What other takeaways do you have, Caroline? I really like what you said about how they make you feel. Yeah. Because that's not really the lens I've taken, and that's probably where I've gone wrong. So All of us have been I there. plan on making that list when I get yeah. home. Because we spend most of our 20s trying to win people over. Yes. Right? Everyone's, like, always trying to win at this dating game. I just want him to like me back. I don't even want to say just 20s. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think people would argue that it continues way over sometimes. But then when you sit back and you think, how do they make me feel? What are they doing to make me like them? Right. Maybe it's nothing. And then you feel like a fool. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Different perspectives. Question of the day? Yeah, let's do a question of the day. This one comes from Maya. I'm married to my first real love, someone I fell for hard. When we first met, we were obsessed with each other. But now those feelings have faded after five years, and I'm interested in exploring other people and how they could possibly make me feel. How do you guys feel about bringing this up to my husband? Hmm. Pretty much the opposite of what we've been talking about. I mean, I guess it depends what Maya's looking for. Like, if she really feels like she wants an open relationship, she needs to explore, like, maybe that is something that she could float with her husband. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know what, how conservative her husband <laughs> is or what his opinion would be, but I think what I would maybe persuade Maya to do is to think about, like, is this, like, a fleeting feeling? Mm-hmm. Have I been feeling this for so long and I'm finally not suppressing it? Like, is this just like a new, I looked at my husband and he's not the, like, I don't know, he's sitting right. on the couch and lazy or whatever. <laughs> like, I guess like maybe take inventory of like why you're feeling this and mm-hmm. then like go act accordingly. There's also like the point of like, why has the spark died? Mm-hmm. Is it because when you first met, you were like going out all the time mm-hmm. and you were like yeah. romance. You were and, 18. Like, yeah, <laughs> or just like, even just like, you know, like holding hands or like affectionate, like has yeah. that stuff gone to the wayside? The more like comfortable you get. Are you just mm-hmm. like spending every Saturday night home sitting on the couch yeah like maybe it's like you need to get that spark back it's just like I don't know what to say because it's sort of like you kind of don't know until you've sampled a lot of things but if you're with someone that you initially sparked with like you don't you don't know what else is out there but it might not necessarily be better and even if it feels spark better it might not be goals better right yeah in a way that it's kind of a catch-22 if you marry the person you sparked with really hard that's great but also it sets a really high standard for the rest of your relationship because you keep feeling like you need that spark back. But again, we said with any relationship, it it evolves over time. Your feelings evolve over time. So again, with Maya, what are you looking for? Are you looking for a committed relationship? Do you want to be in a committed relationship? If you do, you commit your feelings too and know that your feelings come in waves. But I'm also uh, a huge supporter of exploring and, and getting yourself as much experience as possible in the dating world to know what you want because sometimes you really don't know what you want and for some of my friends who've been in long relationships have taken a break to do that to just kind of go explore or do an open relationship or there's so many different formats of a relationship you could explore but again it's what you're looking for I mean it's not one size fits all it really depends on like you your relationship your partner your views like do you have children do you have other people that are impacted if you do take a break like Mm -hmm. there's so many different factors can you go to couples counseling you know it's every relationship is so different we can't judge anybody for what they're going through so all I can say to you Maya is sit down with your husband and, and tell him the truth tell him how you're feeling 
see what how he feels about it and make it a discussion as opposed right. to, you know, <laughs> you trying to figure this out by yourself. Yeah. It's really I mean, tough. maybe he also feels like the spark has died and yeah. is willing to work with you to get it back. Or maybe he is open to an open arrangement. If all else fails, try vibrating cockering. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that will bring the spark back. Or not. <laughs> make it really awkward. All right. Anything <laughs> else? Um, Well, I was going to make a fun food metaphor. I was just thinking back to when I first had my favorite ice cream back in D.C. as a kid. It was Oreo ice cream from this place called Bob's. And Uh that flavor of that Oreo ice cream has been my gold standard for Oreo ice cream forever. To this day, I still remember what it tasted like. Uh I still compare every other ice cream I have This is so me. I've had the same experience. (laughs) Our food like that, I don't know. but Uh (laughs) And you went back and did you have it and did it taste that good? You know, I moved away. And I think they closed because I tried to look at it. So that happened to be mint chocolate chip, this place Uh around the corner from my house. (laughs) And then I had it years later and I was like, this is not that good. No. so that's it's the not. other thing is like you again it goes back to this like mindset yeah, of building yeah. this person on a pedestal is like years later you actually could meet up and that spark isn't there yeah sometimes you actually do need to like meet that person again or talk to them I think for to me what, what's hard over. is I w- would still date him if he was single I think the key for you though is that he is not single right right he right, right, right. Uh, you the market yeah. right yeah. <laughs> we're, we're moving so I think yours is different because there isn't like a yes. path forward yes. so it's like a yeah. Yeah. Accepting that. So I think it's like if you've had these lingering feelings for someone, maybe it is worth, if they are single and open to, maybe it is worth re-exploring and seeing if it's still there. And if mm-hmm. they're not single, accepting that and not yep. having them as the gold standard anymore. Yeah. And yep. stop calling them the gold standard. Yeah. Right. They're yep. just an ex. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just an ex and you only know what you know what if there's someone else out there that you can spark with even more yeah, yeah. that'd be awesome That's I hope true. I meet them this year <laughs> <laughs> to moving forward well thank you so much Caroline for telling us your feelings about this ex <laughs> but also sharing a very honest story that yeah. I think a lot of people can relate to totally We've, a lot of us have been there and maybe it's not even a gold standard. Maybe it's just someone recently that you dated that you're like stuck on or someone from just a few years ago. It doesn't have to be a gold standard, but it is really hard for us to move from the past. It's just the way we were. I think we can take away some great advice on how to just move forward in general. So thank you for that. And for anybody who's listening and wants to share their story, maybe you are the gold standard (laughs) for someone. Or maybe... I, I like this topic too. The one that got away. Yeah. You have the one that got away and you're just dying to yes. reunite with them again. Maybe what you weren't like? ready. Yeah. Something happened. Something happened. Maybe you realize they're, they're still single. We can make it happen. Let yeah. us know. We can or reach out to them. maybe at the time you didn't think they were the gold standard that you dated enough yeah. and you realized. Yes. <laughs> you did a little comparison shopping. Anyway, we're still booking guests for season eight. We love to hear from you. Let us know. Reach out to us at datablepodcast.com. Okay, we're going to wrap this up. Stay datable. Your action item for this week is to reframe how you think about your gold standard. Instead of putting them on a pedestal, put them back in the line of a past dates. To keep it in perspective, physically write down all the positives and negatives about that relationship. And when you find yourself comparing again, refer back to this list. Remember, you have yet to meet your real gold standard, so don't let this one get in your way. Want to continue the conversation? First, tag us in any post with hashtag stay datable. 
then head on over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching services with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. To connect with us, find Dateable Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're also downloadable on Spotify, iTunes, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable.